Hello and welcome to the Our Dad Stamps podcast. My name is Pete West and I've spent half a lifetime collecting stamps and more than 10 years buying and selling them. In these podcasts I want to share some personal stories, tips and tricks that I've learned along the way and maybe encourage a few non-philatelists to take up this fascinating and absorbing hobby. I hope you enjoy the podcast. again from our dad stamps before i start today's video podcast i'd just like to offer an apology last week i didn't put out any content and i forgot to say this in the previous week's video podcast because of the visual content that i'm now including in all the podcasts i've decided to put these out on a two-week basis rather than weekly this will give me time to ensure that the content is of good quality and my apologies for not mentioning this earlier, but from now on, this will be a two-weekly podcast. Okay, so welcome to this week's. What I thought we'd talk about today is uh, another feature that I hope will become a regular one, and that is a roundup of the British stamp magazines. There's three stamp magazines that I'm going to be looking at. One is the, the Gibbon Stamp Monthly. The second is Stamp Collector. And the third magazine is the Stamp Magazine. These are probably the three most well-known magazines in the UK. Each month, hopefully, I will get a look at these and just give a roundup of what's included and any matters of interest. Now, in this month's magazines, the focus of, of interest is largely on London 2022 exhibition. Surprisingly... Stamp Magazine doesn't include any article about this, but the other two magazines both include uh, stories and features about the, the up-and-coming exhibition. For those of you that haven't come across this yet, the London 2022 is the international stamp exhibition that was scheduled to go in 2020, but due to the COVID pandemic has been put back and put back, and now is finally going to be uh, shown between the 19th and the 26th of February. It's at the Business Design Centre in Islington and is open each day from 10am till 6pm. If you've never been to a stamp exhibition before, especially an international stamp exhibition before, it's certainly well worth going to see. It's completely free, apart from the first day which will cost you £10, but all the other days are completely free and there's an awful lot to see there. I was hoping to go this year, but with the Omicron variation still quite prevalent, travelling from Spain, there are just too many variables, too many things that could go wrong, and I've decided to give it a miss. Unfortunately, I have attended the London exhibitions quite regularly uh, for the, over the last um, five or ten years. And they're always enjoyable, and I'm disappointed to miss this one. But hopefully I'll get to see the next one, which should be in... Well, it's every 10 years, so whether the next one's going to be in 2030, or whether it be 2032, I don't actually know yet, but uh, we shall see. As I said, if you've never been to one before, it's definitely worth going. 
there is so much to see. Whether you're a serious collector, whether you're a new collector, or, or whether you don't even collect stamps, it's still an interesting place to be. There are two floors of stall holders, and these include dealers, auction houses, postal administrations, and societies all have stalls at the exhibition. The type of dealers present range from the high-class international dealers to small private dealerships. From that, you get to see a whole range of stamps. From the international dealers, they always have on display some amazing stamps with display cases full of penny blacks and five-pound oranges. You can probably buy almost any stamp you want at the show. At the other end of the scale, the smaller dealerships often have boxes of odds and ends that they are trying to sell off. These can be just sheets of one country stamps or odd stamps, um, maybe a few pages from, from someone's collection, or even whole albums and stock books, all at very reasonable prices. And you can often strike a bargain with these dealerships as well. Obviously, they still have a living to make, so you need to be sensible with this. But uh, particularly towards the end of the show, you can quite often pick up some good bargains and, it, and it's well worth having a look. Another thing you can also get that's well worth looking, especially if you're new to collecting, is second-hand stock books or second-hand albums that you can pick up for half the cost of a new one. So not only is there stamps, there's all sorts of equipment that you can buy. Stock pages, hinges, mounts, tweezers, microscopes, you name it. It's there. So, as I said, it's certainly worth a visit. There's also an exhibition at the back of the hall, which this year has 3,400 frames. And so many, in fact, that it's split into two halves. Half of them were displayed at the beginning of the week from Saturday till Tuesday, and the other half, the second half of the week, from Wednesday till, till Friday. The organisers have said that the, the exhibition will definitely go ahead. Uh, there is no chance of them cancelling. Now, obviously, if something calamitous happens between now and then, then it may well be cancelled. But at this stage, it does look as though it's going ahead. If you want any more information, their website is www.london2022.co. Be careful there, it's .co, it's not .co.uk. I will put the um, the link up in the details after this podcast, so have a look out. As I said, definitely worth a look if you get the chance to go there. The Business Design Centre is close to King's Cross Station. I think it's the Angel Tube Station. So it's it's easy to get to. On a normal year, there's an exhibition there in February and in autumn, September or October. If you can't make the international one in February, then try and get to see one of the later ones. So other things in the magazines. There's an interesting article in the Stanley Gibbons magazine in that they have just released a back catalogue of all their magazines in an online archive. And when I say all, I mean all of them, from 1890 
to 2009. And then from 2009 onwards, you can already get via the annual subscription. That apparently is 1,650 issues of Gibbon's Stamp Monthly magazine, which is a colossal amount and contains a massive amount of information. It will cost you $79.99 per annum to have access to that online archive, but that does include an annual subscription to the current magazine. My only complaint is I have just bought a subscription to the online magazine, and in order to access this archive, I would have to cancel that subscription... Gibbons will then issue me a refund voucher and then I would take out a new subscription including the online archive. Now, I'm not over-impressed by the fact that it's a voucher, not just an ordinary refund. Living in Spain, it's difficult for me to use a voucher because if I buy something from Stanley Gibbons, then I'm liable for import duties. So I'm going to give it a miss at the moment, but I think it's likely that I'll I might take up that offer when my subscription becomes ready for renewal next year. But it's a shame that they've uh, done it this way. I think they've let their customers down, to be honest. A regular article in all three magazines is a roundup of the auction houses of the past month. One of the highlights of the auctions was at Spinks where they sold the 1861 Bermuda Postmaster's stamp. Described as a true world rarity, it sold for £85,000. Another one mentioned in two of the magazines is an Australia two-shilling kangaroo uh, with a perforation error. It's a pair imperf between the two. And that sold for a hundred thousand Australian dollars, which is over fifty thousand pound. British Guiana four cent cotton reel sold for forty seven thousand pound. I always like looking at these auctions. Not that there's any chance of me ever buying something like this, but it's good to see that rarities are going for a high price, and it makes you realise that there is still value in stamps. Although most of us don't collect for the monetary value, it doesn't go amiss that what you're paying for does have some worth when it gets to a time when you no longer want it or or you pass it on to your family who may be not interested. One really interesting one was a Robert Siegel auction where a Mongolia revenue stamp, 1926 revenue stamp, it had an estimate of four to five thousand dollars. And it actually sold for $130,000. Now that's a huge markup on the estimate. And I really don't know the full story behind that stamp. It is quite a rare stamp, but they were wildly out with the estimate. Obviously, somebody wanted it and somebody was prepared to pay a big price for it. So, uh, yeah, wish I had one of those at this time. The... Stamp Magazine's main article is about the 1935 Silver Jubilee issue, celebrating King George V's Silver Jubilee. And it looks at the British stamps that were produced for this jubilee in detail, talking about the design and also looking at the one variety, the Tupney Hapney Prussian Blue. It also has a look at several important covers using the Silver Jubilee stamps. 
And if you're interested in British stamps or King George V, it's an interesting article to have a look at. There's also an article about the Tristan de Cunha 1961 stamps that were produced to commemorate the 60th anniversary of the volcanic eruption there. Another article looks at the 1922 Gambia, their first pictorial definitive showing the elephant and palm design. And an article on thematic collecting, looking at the art of communication with writing and hieroglyphics on stamps. The cover article on the Gibbon Stamp Monthly magazine concerns the breakup of, of Ireland and is the story of the creation of the Irish Free State and Northern Ireland. There are also articles on the stamps of Nigeria and the stamps of Sudan, as well as an article from the senior curator of Philately at the Postal Museum, which talks about his new books and provides an insight into the material that's preserved there. Another article in the Gibbon Stamp magazine is about one of my favourite pet hates. There's a new issue of British stamps have just come out to celebrate the Rolling Stones, who have been around forever. As a pop group, I think they're great. I enjoy their music and I listen to a lot of their stuff. And I can see why a set of stamps were produced to celebrate the Rolling Stones. But once again, they've produced 39 different items that can be bought in connection with the stamp issue. 39 Once again, the British Post Office expect you to spend several hundred pounds just on one set of stamps. There's first class stamps, there's £1.70 stamps, four of each of those. There's a mini sheet, there's a presentation pack, there's prestige books. And then they go on to the more obscure things like framed pictures of, of individual stamps, celebration packs of gold ingots. Once again... It's an excuse for me to have a moan about overkill, but I do think this is just too much. Yes, produce a set of stamps, four, eight, ten stamps maybe, but that's enough. That's all we need. I don't need all the other stuff. Yeah, it's just too much for me. Finally, the stamp collector's uh, main story is about weird and wonderful stamps. Now, this is a subject I'm quite interested in, and I quite like looking at unusual things in life, not just in stamps, but also errors. And in this case, it's talking about design errors. And one of the ones it mentions is the Monaco stamp, depicting President Roosevelt looking at a stamp in his hand. And he actually has six fingers on his left hand, which I find quite amusing. And there's also a reprint of the France series stamp. It's a reprint of the one Frank Brown, where it appears that she's got a beard due to a printing error. So if strange things are your thing, then this is certainly worth a read. And there's quite a few interesting and unusual things in there that you may not have heard about. Also in the Stamp Collector magazine... There's an article on the Ethiopia 1919 stamps, the Ceylon Victorian issues, an interesting article about watermarks and how they can affect the value of stamps. 
and an article about uh, U-boat postal history, which focuses on uh, an event that took place during the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and is quite an interesting read. One last thing before uh, we finish off for today is in the Stamp Collector magazine, they have a regular feature of internet sales, what has sold in the internet auctions at Delcamp. And once again, as I've got a, a shop in Delcamp, it's interesting for me to have a look at these. And I'm always amazed at, at some of the prices that these go for. I mean, they are generally good stamps, but it seems an awful lot of money to pay for something from an internet auction site. I would think twice about buying it over the internet from a dealer, from a private seller on Delcamp. And yeah, it's interesting. Some examples, there's Great Britain £1 brown and lilac with a nice cancellation on it that sold for £1,090. Now, Stanley Gibbons lists that at £4,500. So you're getting a good deal in that it's costing you a quarter of the catalogue price. But once again, would I want to pay £1,000 for, for something over the internet? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I sell stamps myself. And maybe I'm doing myself out of business here, but the things I sell are generally less than a hundred. If I do get stamps worth more than a hundred pound, I generally sell them through a recognised auction house rather than the internet because I wouldn't expect people to pay that sort of amount. But obviously they are. And there's a few other examples, some Congo blocks of four from eighteen ninety four that sold for over a thousand pound. And that was mint no gum. Whether that's the standard for those stamps, I actually don't know. But it's interesting to see how much stamps are going for. And as I said earlier, it's nice to know that stamps are keeping their value and are making people money. Long may it continue. Anyway, thank you for listening. I hope you found this interesting and enjoyable. And just to go back to my first article... If you get the chance to go to the International Exhibition in London, do go along and I'm sure you will enjoy it. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you found it interesting and enjoyable. Don't forget you can visit my online stores at eBay and Delcamp under the name of Our Dad Stamps, where I have over 2,000 items for sale. Please join us again in two weeks' time for another edition of Our Dad Stamps podcast.